everybody. Welcome to our midweek podcast. It's Pastor Josh here, and I'm with uh, Carl Sheldon again. Him and Terry Brown. I mean, these guys, these guys got so much to say, and I'm so thankful that they do. So today, our text that we're dealing with is Genesis 22, verses 1 to 14. This is a story of Abraham and Isaac. When God asks Abram, or Abraham, sorry, to uh, to sacrifice his son. So everyone gets conflicted. It is a big, it is a big, huge story. Pastor Marvin, uh, I think, preached an amazing sermon on it. But he said one thing that really stuck out, and this is kind of what we're going to riff on today. It's when God asks you to offer something up to Him, it's never to diminish your life and your joy, but always to increase the flow of blessing. I thought that was a very mm. profound statement. It is. And I mean, and of course, for me, I'm always, uh, I was always interested to hear when someone says never and always. Okay. So that means. Talk to me about that. That means literally every time. Okay. Which it kind of blows my mind because uh, I feel like most of the time I could understand, but that means literally every time. Right. And here, so here's the other question I have for you. Do you think, like when we talk, like that word blessing, right before we started recording, we were talking about like the, I think the intricacy of that word. Mm -hmm. Because when people think blessing, especially in a North American ideal, they're thinking stuff. Yes, good, good things, whether it be stuff or good um, experiences or favorable conditions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. and I would say it's pretty hard to disconnect from that meaning in but our, why? in our why? culture. Why would it be? Because blessing think would like, it would be a good thing for me. And the things that are good for me are the things that feel good, look good, taste good. Right. right? How could the things that don't do those things be a blessing when, you know, instinctively the Sunday school answer is we know that there's things that aren't don't feel good that are good for us but i think we run away from that as as much as we can yeah i i think so and when we talk about blessing i think there's so many ways that people interpret that word like you're saying but unfortunately it is always mostly it's about, oh, well, you know, even the hashtag blessed idea from Instagram. Oh, my. People are always putting up pictures of new things or opportunities or whatever and saying hashtag blessed. And although that I think that is a blessing in some senses, if you quarantine it to just that, I think it can then just become very shallow. If it's just about stuff and just about opportunities and just about the avoidance of pain, I think sometimes that can end up creating people who are very shallow. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually reading a book right now. We talked about it this morning was um, the coddling of the American mind. Mm. And so in the book, they give out three untruths that society has believed. The second one is your feelings are always right. 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 And, yeah. I, and I think like when we talk about blessing, that God will never diminish your life, but always give you things to increase it increase the flow of blessing in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you think that lots of times the the connection between stuff and opportunities is ultimately about how those things make you feel? Totally. Um, I mean, and the thing too is that, I mean, I think that, you know, I've said that as an encouragement, mm-hmm. which for me, 
I don't actually feel like that's always not like it's almost like a warning in some ways okay. <laughs> because, okay. uh, you know, it's a good, like it's obviously said as an encouragement and I know ultimately it is, but I think if we are, if we're actually talking about biblical blessing, then with that will come the things that don't feel good or look good or taste good because it will ultimately enrich my life. But I feel like, okay, that actually means that it might actually be really hard. Yeah. And I think, um, I think for me there's, and again, and, and I think there's, there's so much truth into the statement, like there's the best is yet to come or sure. those things. But the problem is for me is that the best isn't always what feels the best. And so yeah. that's actually almost a, a bit of a, a heads up actually. Yeah. Okay. Here's a heads up. Okay. This is actually coming. Um, and so that's, that's, I know on, on, on the other end of those blessings, you see that, but man, be good to just get a, like an actual uh, encouragement. Like, yeah, it's actually going to be better, like feel better for you. Right. But that's not, that's not what, that's not what Marv is, 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 is promising us. But you might have to go through hardship to get to that point. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's what the story of Abraham is really, I think it, like when you think about his life, he is he has done, and and Marv really touched on this. Like he did stupid things. Mm. There were some really hard things that he went through. Some some points in time where he had to really confront himself in terms of like cowardice, um, selfishness, uh, passivity that led to a lot of problems. So when he gets to this point of sacrificing his son, and that was the other thing he said was like this wasn't just like a oh you know, I'm asking you to, you know, to give up your son or whatever. It's like, right. well, no, I'm asking you to make a sacrifice that on the other side of it, through this painful act, like Abraham had faith to know that God was going to, God was going to do whatever he said he would do, even if it cost him this. And that's where I think the statement that Marv makes about blessing has to be found in that context. Mm-hmm. Like, God is literally asking Abraham to give up something that is so that is so um, important to him, that symbolizes so many things to him. And at the end of it, God still provides a sacrifice on the other end of it and the promised fulfillment ultimately that comes through Jesus right. with Abraham. But he, it's not like in that moment he saw it. It was very hard. It was like, I, I can't imagine. Like, could you imagine... God asking you to give up your firstborn son to sacrifice your own, your firstborn son. Oh, I, mean, I, I can't imagine. I'm curious though, because I think it was the first time I had seen it in that passage where um, he said to the people that were with him, like, we are going to worship and then we will return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, is that, did he really, really know? Or was he, you know, speaking words of positivity? Or what was he yeah. like, what was he doing there? Um, and what if he yeah. was wrong about that. Like, I'm not sure. I'm curious if, yeah, if that, yeah, yeah. you know, again, if did he know something that we didn't before we finished the story? Well, I, I think when you read Hebrews 11, like the idea essentially is that all of these people within this chapter mm-hmm. are looking towards things that they can't see, but they're trusting that are there. Right. And I think it's almost this, this confidence in the character of the person that you're trusting. Hmm. Right. Like, uh, so for my kids to, you know, they never question whether or not there's going to be food in the fridge. Yeah. Like, like they just know there is. Yeah. They actually complain about the food that we put in the fridge, <laughs> but they know that there'll always be right. food there. 
right? And even when the stockpile's getting low, right? If they say things like, you know, like they'll be like, oh well, you'll do groceries, and when we come home, there'll be food there, right? It, it, like they they trust the character of their parents enough to know we're not going to let them starve, right? Yeah, and then we don't they don't have the weight that we have no. that we may someday we may not have like we may right. not have that, but that isn't their worry to worry about. No, and yeah. I I, th- I think that's really what's going on with Abraham in that mm. moment. He's like, no, no, well, God will take care of this. Mm. I I know He will. I know, I know He'll take care of this. Okay, but it still doesn't like limit the fact that it is still a hard thing to walk up a hill with your son and some wood. Mm knowing that you're going to, you're going to end up killing him, right? Potentially. Yeah. Because again, I mean, I guess I I asked my question then to you is like, if, would it not have been in God's character to have follow him, have him follow through on that? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, I I think again, because of who God is, Abraham, like Abraham probably would have been like, all right, well, like reminded of all of the times. Oh, okay. Well, I left this whole space He's seen me through that. That's true. Uh, okay, I offered up my wife to two different people, <laughs> and she's still my wife. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the second time, in fact, this guy gave me more than I should have, yeah. than he should have, which is very humbling because I know I should be dead for mm-hmm. even doing this. For, for, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I almost ruined my whole life by, by going along with my wife's crazy ideas. Uh, and now, you know, I had all this drama come up you know, in, in, into my home. And, but I have, uh, you know, a son named Ishmael. I have the son named Isaac now that is, mm-hmm. it, so like at the end of it, he's like, all right, well, if he, if he's seen me through this far, yeah, like he's not just going to drop it at this point. And it, which I think if it was another human being, perhaps that would have been the, the case like the, right. well, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to see me through this, but I, I, I don't know. I like, I, I think there is something about, his experiences with God that lead, that lead him to the point of being like, well, I'm going to walk up this mountain. Yeah. And why would God have brought me through all of this yeah. to just end it here? Yeah. And if it does end here, it must be because there's something on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, and for me in, in my life right now, I wish that was more of an encouragement. Sure. Sometimes I, I, because I still would rather just know that it's going to, I know it's going to be okay, yeah. but you know, sometimes it'd be better just to be like, you know, you know, I'd rather God just worked in the hashtag blessing sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would just be so much easier. Well, I, I think, don't you think though, like that's, that's everything that people put up. Yeah. So like, you know, got a new pair of shoes, hashtag blessed. And we, and we were just talking about this Instagram yeah, we account, were, yes. Preachers and Sneakers. If, if you haven't seen this, check it out. you need to check it out on Instagram, Preachers and Sneakers. Essentially, the, the premise of the whole account is this guy puts up uh, famous, famous, pa- hash, you know, not hashtag, uh, quote unquote famous pastors. Celebrity. Right, which is an oxymoron yes. in and of itself, and, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and here he puts on the shoe choices of these pastors that vary from price points of $600 American to like $5,000 American. Yeah. And just, you know, just shows as the kids call it, the drip of all of these. Did you know that? I, uh, sorry, the what? The drip. I didn't know about yeah, that. It's, it's anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, so he puts up all of these pictures of, of the shoes at, at uh, not retail, but at resale prices. Yeah. Sneakers are such a big culture right now. Yeah. 
uh, and then puts on shows a picture of the pastor wearing them. So we were talking about it and just saying like, well, how, how could you like, there's this idea of uh, FOMO fear of missing out. Yeah. Well, how could you not feel that way? Like you're missing out on blessing when you got pastors wearing $5,000 pair of shoes on, on Instagram. Right. I must be doing something wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm obviously doing something <laughs> wrong. Yeah. I'm obviously doing something wrong yeah. that God would not bless me with $5,000 pairs of shoes. Yeah. And then when you're, when you evaluate your life based on that, and like even compared to the Abraham story, yeah. like it's, it's a complete contrast to what God is asking him to do, the faithfulness in the, that Abraham has in doing it, it's hard. It's not like it's like, yo, got these shoes for free, mm. hashtag blessed. <laughs> He's literally talking about killing his own son. Oh my goodness. And saying, God has a better plan on the other side if this is essentially what happens. Like it is stark contrast to what is actually going on in our culture in terms of the idea of blessing so when you know Marvin says that, God never wants to uh, diminish your life. If yeah. he's asking you to sacrifice something, it's because he wants to increase yeah. the flow of blessing in your life. I think if you look at it through the lens of Abraham, it's a whole different thing. Right, right. Right? And so I think that's why, for me, I think obviously, ultimately, it's a good thing. But I think it, on the surface, it sounds a whole lot sexier than it actually is. Right. Right. Because of our idea. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, exactly. blessing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Keep, keep elevating my experience. Keep, you know, you know, keep, you know, help me climb the ladder, do whatever. But that's not, that's not what he means at all, which no. is, uh, I mean, ultimately good, but you know, in the, in the, in the meantime, it doesn't necessarily mean comfortable. It doesn't necessarily mean, um, it feels good. Right. So, no. um, but I think, again, I think, uh, I think every time that we talk, I bring my wife up, but she is uh, where she is in a place right now, which I, I'm in awe of where she like literally finds comfort in that. I'm not there yet. So sure. I'm learning from her in that sense where the, yes, like it is what is good for you. I'm like, cool. I'm going to keep, I'm going to just keep looking at you holding on to that because, um, I envy that being, I envy being completely comfortable with that position. Well, and I think that's the beauty of community. Yeah. Right. Like, I, especially so for all the married folks listening, I, I think, I think sometimes we look at our spouses and we just think, well, they're my spouse. Yeah. But like, if they're a follower of Jesus, they're also part of your spiritual family. And like, what a, what a hashtag blessing yeah. it is to have somebody who has a different viewpoint that you can look to and be like, okay, okay. Like, I don't understand how you're there. I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm, I'm not processing it the same way you are obviously, or yeah. experiencing it the same way you are. But at the end of it, like that is something I want to, no, it's fantastic. to go after. It's fantastic. I think that's the, the, the beauty of community yeah. and looking at stories like this and talking about it, because if we just go on what we see on social media or, yeah. you know, uh, the Christian subculture, the majority of us are failing mm-hmm. hard and our idea of blessing has been hijacked by a select few people mm-hmm. who have great book deals and who are, you know, doing things that I think at the end of the day are not normative for the average person on a daily basis. Yeah. 
Agreed. And I think if you ever got them in a room alone and actually talked to, I think, I think there would be some, you know, things would not be as they seem either. But, you know, I, I think, I think that's a good point. And I think that's the, um, community is true. And when you're actually honest, because I think that's the other challenge is you can get in a room and you try and extend your, your online persona in person. It can only last for so long and, and it actually just isn't all that helpful. Um, but that is the beauty of community where you just lay it out. I'm like, this is where I am. And, uh, and I think there's that I, you begin to see that blessing in those areas too, Mm -hmm. because, um, because you see where you are, isn't as hopeless or isn't as hard or isn't as lonely as you actually feels like it is sometimes. Right. Right. And what, and what it took for somebody to get to a particular space, we don't know those stories. All we see is their, their highlights. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know how hard it was for people to get to the other side of it. I mean, like my thing now, the, the, the older I get, the more I see people who have like, take marriage, for example, mm-hmm. who have great marriages. I never assume, oh, they've just always had a great always, marriage. Yeah. It's like, oh, if they're, if they're happy now, like 20, 30 years in, shoot, they must have gone through some things yeah. to get there. And it's true. It's right? true. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the, the older I get, the more I think that's the reality. When you look at people on the outside, things look good. Yeah. Like you do not know what it took. You do, like none of us know what it actually took to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, less judgment, less, less assumption, yeah. less just relying on our perceptions yeah, and great. actually asking people their stories. Like what, like, what did it take for you to do, to get a good marriage? Or what did it take for you to like live a successful single life? Yeah. You know, like, cause, cause especially in the Christian subculture, it's like marriage is everything. Yeah. But there are people who are very successful living single lives that are doing really well. Well, how do we honor those folks? Yeah. Or, you know, how did people not struggle through, or how did you get through a struggle in, you know, in this particular area that now it seems like you're hashtag blessed, yeah. but like, there's, there's a whole slew of things yeah. there that are very complex, complex and nuanced. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, I think in, as you mentioned with, with Abraham, I think if you just look at that story in isolation, you're like, wow, like how Amazing. did, how did he even, but like you said, if you were to trace it back there's just this history and this time and time again proving that there's a reason why he could do that with so much faith and uh a context is everything and 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 knowing those things are are so valuable in our walk as well as our walk with people our own people well i think we've had discussions before about the long game Mm -hmm. like people do not like it you know, it's speaking of not being sexy, it's, it's the long game is not right. No, it's, it's, there's, it's hard to write a book about the long game. You gotta, yeah. you gotta actually do the long game to be able to talk about the long game. Well, I, well, you were even saying at breakfast, uh, something about Keller. Mm-hmm. Don't write a, what did he say? Don't. Well, and that's and his, his quote was, is yeah, something about the fact that you shouldn't as a pastor or a leader, ministry leader, you shouldn't write a book until you've been doing it for 20 years or whatever in response to, um, you know, a lot, a lot younger. Um, the trend to do that is, is a lot younger these days. Right. So with the book deals and the expensive sneakers and stuff like that, (laughs) by the way, just, just by the way, uh, folks, I'm not against <laughs> pastors having nice things. Okay, you can have nice things, yeah. but 
$600 shoes is a little excessive. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think we were talking about optics. This is very off topic, but it was, yeah. it's all about how does it look, right? Um, yeah. And, and I think and I think that's, we all agree that blessing can actually be a physical yeah. blessing. It Absolutely. doesn't, it, you know, but uh, optics people. And, the, and then it's how you turn around and use it. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you have, you know, okay, wow, you have a big house. How yeah. are you using? Are you are people always coming in? Are you using it for yeah. community and and you know all, all of that stuff? And you know, then it, yeah, this is off topic, but at the end of the day, I think it is about stewardship. Yeah. Like, how are you stewarding what God has given you, very, very freely, and as much yeah. as freely as He's given it to you, I think freely oh, you have to you turn around and give it yeah. away, or or be it. You know, I think that's a spiritual discipline that people um, don't necessarily value as much because we're so individualistic. Yeah, my stuff is my stuff. Don't touch it. Yeah, when the only reason why I have stuff is because God gave it to me. Yeah, and ultimately I need to turn around and be generous with it. And I know that's something that you know I at times need to work on. Like yesterday, for example, we have all these guys in our condo complex, all these little little guys mm. that play with our son. Okay. And we were eating supper and they came over to our uh, to our uh, sitting area in the back of our concrete, you know, in the back of our condo with our, our 10 by 12 concrete slab. Your backyard? It, well, it's not really my backyard. <laughs> okay. It's like, a, it's a communal backyard. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. I would love to say it is, but okay. it's not. All right. And, uh, and they're sitting on, on our stuff and one of the kids ends up like just peeing out on the grass. The other kids are like jumping up and down on, on this, uh, on our, on our furniture in the backyard. And I'm like, I'm having, I'm having a moment of like, of tense. It just, a, a tense conflict in my heart. Cause I'm like, okay, these are just kids. It's just stuff. Doesn't matter. But then at the same time, it's my stuff mm -hmm. and I don't want them to break it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to really like work at just sitting there and knowing like they're community kids. We love them. We love their families. We just want to make sure that they're okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, at least they're, at least they're, they're outside playing, you know, whatever. And so the hashtag blessing, I, I think part of, part of the conversation has to be, yes, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he asks you to give up things to increase the flow of blessing in your life. But once you have a flow of blessing, how are you using it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, th I think that's, I mean, that's huge. And again, again, not in a flow of blessing. It's not just the, you know, not just the stuff you have in your backyard. No. It's it, the blood. If it gives you a blessing of anything, it's, it's meant to be used to, to bless, to bless others. Yeah. 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 Right. I think no, that's so. good. That's good. Cool. Well, Carl, thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for being part of the conversation. And if you are looking to find any other podcast episodes, please go to elamchurch.podbean.com or you can go to elamchurch.ca for any anything about Elam Church overall. Uh, this week, we actually have some amazing things going on. We have a um, Good Friday service happening tomorrow. Uh, this is Thursday today, so tomorrow is Good Friday. It's happening at 10.30 a.m., as well as we have uh, Easter services that are going to look the exact same on Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. and Sunday morning, 10, 15, uh, 9 a.m. and 10.15. Hmm. Uh, so make sure that you come out to celebrate the resurrection. I mean, this is the pinnacle of why we even have relationship with Jesus. And so I think it's mm -hmm. it's valuable to come together as a community and, and to celebrate that. Uh, and so anyway, uh, that that's it. That's all for us. 
check your heart as as the philosopher john christ says <laughs> check your heart check your heart all right have a great day we'll see you next week <laughs>